Welcome to the Dad Ass Podcast, the subpar, mediocre at best podcast about being a new dad. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Dad Ass Podcast, a completely unscripted, unconventional podcast. Just trying to figure out, you know what, forget it. We just had a really good conversation with Adam, and we just want to probably just jump back into it, don't you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, Had so much fun. If you are just joining us uh, this week, you're not going to go back last week. You're going to go back two weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I guess three Three weeks. Three, two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. It's just Mother's Day. Yeah. So we had a two-part Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to check back um, the week before we started our two-part Mother's Day um, series, one with uh, Dr. Breakfast, Nick Decker, and yep. the other one with uh, Dr. Ben Hartnell. Mm-hmm. Um, so prior to that um, is part one, and I would really encourage you to check it out. Um, it sounds like this... Uh, Next part of our conversation, we're going to try some really cool stuff, and uh, you can listen to us sort of um, get into it and further our conversation. And enjoy. So <laughs> welcome back. Um, we took a, a quick pause. You didn't miss anything. Um, other no, you than missed us. a lot of well, things. Well, you did. We we walked uh, back, you know, I don't know, like big, huge distilleries have a Rick house. Yeah. So what what do you call that area? It's our, we do call it, it our Rick house. Is because, it your Rick so house? it's the back corner of our building. And okay. it, to be a proper Rick house, again, this is in my opinion. So we have to keep, we keep the garage door shut for fire code. There's no temperature control in there. And I've, there's a big hole, there's a big window on the side of the building oh. with the louvers on it that allow all the cold air in the wintertime. When it's 12 degrees outside, it's 12 degrees in there. When it's 95 outside, it's 95 in there. Because you need that expansion and contraction for the aging yeah. process. So, yeah. so people that don't know, um, that's how the magic of, of mm-hmm. um, making bourbon whiskey works yep. is as the temperature fluctuates, the the wood, the you know, the, the liquid gets expands. pushed into yes. the, the, the stave and then and then back out depending yep. on the temperature. Whiskey goes in clear. All bourbon whiskey goes in clear, yep. comes out, gets all of its color and a lot of its flavor from interacting with that barrel. Yeah. So um, so we were just over in the Rick House. Um, you were super kind enough to, um, no exaggeration, literally <laughs> crawl <laughs> over barrels. <laughs> Put that in the show notes. Um, <laughs> and um, open up a barrel and uh, and provide us with a couple of things. So um, we know, you know, as we were all walking back to where we're, we're recording. Um, <laughs> The, the phrase was Zinfandel on the right. Um, I don't even remember what it was in my Pino. left hand. Pino in my left. Um, so I guess we're going to start on the right. Yeah. So what, what we're tasting here. So um, the creativity aspect, this is, you know, what I love. Uh, what, what we were alluding to where we have the three core products, hopefully four here soon with the double oak, you know, being more of something that's going to be more readily available. The fifth one that's going to be this mainstay in our product lineup is this Whiskey War Barrel Select, which you have each of the first two batches. We've mm-hmm. done a re- we've done two releases. Barrel Select is allowing me to be creative with whiskey. So as you guys alluded to before, I'm very a creative person, you know, going to art school, doing all the design projects, managing the creative aspect of High Bank. I also love the f- the creativity of flavor, of blending, of, ad- of adding, you know, additional flavors into whiskeys. And so... What Barrel Select is, is we blend our classic whiskey war together. We then take that whiskey war barrel proof blend and Mm -hmm. we're second aging it in barrels. And so I've taken a lot of time and interest into what barrels I'm selecting. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And the whole goal is here is to kind of release just a few batches a year. And I love, I love the aspect of batch one, there was 240 bottles. Batch two, they're actually the exact same, 240 bottles that came out. Once they're gone, they're gone. I love it. And yeah. both batches happen to sell out in less than two hours when we release those. So yes, it was. They're you know, so good. It was one of those things where it's like it was. And they weren't cheap bottles because and we tried to we priced them in a way that uh, there's there's a you know, the packaging is elevated. You've taken off that cork. You know, I, it's a I have solid, a question about that. But yeah, keep going. It's a solid metal, you know, cap. Uh, it actually weighs a quarter of a pound. Um, it has nice it nice in a black velvet bag, white yeah. label, individually labeled. Yeah. I felt fancy as hell. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I was like, <laughs> I have arrived real. in my whiskey acquisition. I'm, I'm just, I'm a packaging nut. Like, honestly, like, that's what got me into this business. Like, yeah. when Jordan approached me, this is sidetracking a little bit, but Jordan approached me and said, hey, I want to open up a restaurant. Do you want to do it with me? That's what started this whole idea. I said, no, I don't. But I'd love to do a brewery. And so we were originally a brewery for nine months. And then because I wanted to design cans, that's why I wanted to do a brewery. I just wanted oh, to design that makes cans. Sense. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't realize like when uh, you know, we alluded to off off air the laws that were changing on the distilling side of things of like finally being able to have a restaurant attached to a distillery. Well, this is full circle too. Back yeah. to the motorcycles. My dad and the first time I ever went to a my first distillery was Jack Daniels. My dad and I went on a motorcycle ride when I was twenty years twenty one years old. That's sweet. And we yeah. end up going past these massive barns where I just smell bourbon. I'm like, what the heck is that? My dad's oh. like, that's a rick house. I'm like, what's a rick house? If you've never smelled that, yeah. it is yeah. it's yeah. it's an it's an indescribable smell. I, like you don't even have to like bourbon. It right. doesn't actually smell like bourbon. No, just absolutely. For anyone not. who's never smelled totally. it. Totally. And so like we go to we go in there, we take a tour, and I was hooked. Man, I've yeah. been on I've been on oh, almost fifty tours down there. I've been to Maker's Mark seven times. Like I love it. Whenever people go down, I want to go down with them. I want to take them around to the different places, show them, you know, what's going on. And this was before I even owned a distillery, right? And so when I got wind of that distillation, those distillation laws changing, I told Jordan, I was like, dude, I want to, I want to do a distillery instead of a brewery. Like beer is yeah. interesting to me, but I'd rather dive headfirst in, learn the whole distillation aspect. I still get to design packaging, do what I love to do, but I want to do this because this is, I feel like this is what I've been grooming myself for, for the last mm -hmm. 12 years of my life, not even knowing that I was grooming yeah. myself for that, you know, because I already had a modest collection, maybe 50, 50 or 60 bottles, you know, just, I loved collecting that aspect, that stuff. Um, so, all right, we were stepping back. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going with that? So we, uh, on our right. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's the creativity aspect, right? So, like doing these single barrel uh, aging aspects. So, what barrel? What we're tasting now is batch three and batch four of the barrel selects that will be coming out. Um, so we have like a ran, uh, rough ETA. So, so most likely what we're gonna do is so both of these are almost ready. I'm probably gonna pull them soon, and I'm probably gonna bottle them. Uh, we're probably not going to be releasing until November again. Okay. So we're probably going to start doing a similar release pattern where it's like, okay, barrel selects are going to come out at this time. And then this is, you know, when all of the ones will be released. So the first one that we're tasting is Zinfandel. This is in the barrel for about, I think we're at 16 months right now. Okay. Um, so. Am I, am I allowed to ask you uh, where you got the barrel? Yeah. So it's an interesting story. Um, we stumbled into this process with 
So we used Rasili Construction for our build out. Uh, Rasili Construction is one of the largest uh, commercial construction companies in Ohio. And uh, Jack Rasili, who started Rasili Construction years and years and years ago, he's in his 90s now, um, he has a winery in his basement. Mm. Okay. And, and when I badass. say when I say winery, it's over a million dollars that he invested into this winery oh. in his basement. <laughs> you mean he like legit has yeah. a He has seven 100 gallon stainless steel tanks <laughs> in his basement. So, like, he imported a bar from Ireland and rebuilt it in his basement. So, when I like say, like, I have a speakeasy, it's like, oh, that's cute. That's cute. Like, yeah, that's like, real cute. That's like the But, like, when he says he has like a, a winery, like, yes. he, he like actually has a winery. So, he approached and said, hey, I'm getting, so he's aging. He, the, the wine was never released for, public sale <laughs> he would always use it for his clients so clients that they would do he would make this really great wine and he would submit it to awards he, the dude won tons of awards for his wine and he just liked putting on his bottle his own labels and then he would give it away as gifts to <laughs> clients that they would do building projects badass for. and that's yeah. it and uh, no, that's can we, get him? Can, can we get him <laughs> one that's so, awesome so he uh he came in for dinner one night here after we were done we opened up and he wanted to see the project and because he's retired he's not he's not doing you know the day-to-day at all there anymore he's like hey you guys ever want some wine barrels i have some and so like we go and i check him out. i was like holy shit these are french cherry oak wine barrels <laughs> like this is these are like 800 dollars barrels like if i was gonna go buy them these are expensive barrels to go buy and I'm like, how much do you want for? It? He's like, ah, you know, I don't know, two hundred bucks. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so done. <laughs> so we buy him, and I'm like, literally, I'm taking. He's like, don't scratch the wall. I'm like, I'm trying not to, Jack. <laughs> I'm like carrying him out with my with, with my with my uh, assistant, and we're quick t- <laughs> taking him through the garage. He's like, don't scratch the car. It's a Ferrari that I'm taking these barrels past. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, try not to, Jack. <laughs> okay, I understand. I'm holding these in the back of my truck. We end up getting five of them. And so for the first, uh, at least the first four batches, uh, probably five will be of these barrels. But since then, we've started to source other high-end wine barrels, we or other barrels, not even just wine. I sourced in three three barrels from Spain, some Madeira barrels uh-huh. that are in here that we have aging back there right now. There's 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 a kind of a plethora of things that we're okay. that we're doing. So well, that's a story. That's so you know what this actually reminds me of? Um, are you familiar with Bardstown? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They, um, or anyone who's not, um, Bardstown Distilling uh, Company does a lot of different sort of yeah. partnerships. They've, they've done stuff with like Prisoner. Um, that's someone that's like jumping off out, out of my, uh, head right now. Um, I recently picked up one from them where they, um, I believe they aged it in, Oh, some orange liqueur. I can't mm. remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but that's very much what it sort of. So that's exciting to hear that you're, that you're sort of um, embarking on some of that sort of. Yeah, I just think there was a, to me, there was a real gap, especially in the Ohio market. I don't feel yeah. like a lot of people were doing it. And yeah. that's what I wanted to get into right away. And so, you know, batch one and batch two, they released last November. Those aged 18 months. So that was literally like six months after we opened, I was putting stuff into barrels because I knew that this is where I wanted to like go. And it's again, for me, it's that whole legitimacy of a distillery of creating really unique things. Nobody else can have like Mm -hmm. Ohio deserves central Ohio, especially deserves some of these really fun things that people in Kentucky can't get people in Indiana can't get, you know, and, and they're really good too, you know, for you to spend. And that's the whole thing. Like these bottles aren't cheap. No, 
They're $109 for a bottle. Yeah. But they're unique. No. I will. I will say, and I'm not just saying this. Um, my father, you know, would agree. We we had a tasting. Um, some bottles are worth 109 dollars. Mm-hmm. Some bottles are are not. And, yeah. And you sort of um, fall prey to a really genius marketing. Yeah. Is what <laughs> what sure. I will call. Um, these very much felt like they were fairly priced for what they were. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and I and I truly am not just saying that. Yeah, I, I want to go back just a little bit because we did, you know, um, as we sort of have the sort of squirrel moment, um, as we've had a lot of these um, this <laughs> recording, you started to talk about um, a distiller university distil- moonshine moonshine you yeah. So tell me about Moonshine U. Yeah, Moonshine University is a, it's basically just uh, intensives, uh, basically. So it's not, I mean, I don't think that they're officially accredited or anything like that. But what it is is like basically like a uh, intensive school type of thing where you can sign up for a three-day fermentation class where you're just focusing on the fermentation. Or you can sign up for a 10-day, you know, distillation class where Mm -hmm. you're going through from the start to begin, you know, start to finish of stuff. They probably have 20-some, 20-plus different classes that they offer and that they will just do back-to-back-to-back. And so it made it easy with my dad living in Louisville. And at at that time, uh, we had just had our second daughter at that time. Do you need to pause because of the... No, 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 that makes no this is a this is a working, <laughs> real deal. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, so uh, at that time, we... Had our, we're just had our second, and we uh, it made it a lot easier for my wife and my kids to go down, stay with my dad, stay with Nana, you know, yeah. and like could be there while I could do classes, you know, during the day. So it allowed it just gave me more flexibility. I was very fortunate that my dad lived down there, and the relationship. The biggest thing that I came out of it was relationship building. Um, learned a lot of information, uh, a ton of information, especially when you don't know anything, right? Yeah. But it was it was building relationships, getting to know people because they would bring real distillers in from around the country to teach sectors of that class. Getting to know those people when you're essentially, you know, with them 10 hours a day Mm -hmm. for five days straight and there's only eight to 10 people in the class, you're going to get to know them very well. Yeah. And then I started like, hey, can I come shadow you at your distillery? And so I'd go drive to Rochester, New York for, you know, three days and shadow somebody and just work for free and try to, like, learn and gain as much knowledge as I can. All right. Now I got to know. I was just going to say, I, I lived in, in for like a month. So I, went, I, I, would, I would hang out with Jason at Black Button. Okay. Uh, Black Button Distilling in Rochester. Okay. Uh, did some stuff with him up there. Yeah. Um, and then Tyler Gomez, who is now, I think he's at, he's at, I don't, I don't know if it's Jim Beamer Brown foreman of where he's at, but he's one of like 12 master distillers there. So he used to be the master distiller at Moonshine U, um, got to know him very well, and he became my consultant here. So he's the one that helped me form my mash very bill cool. for uh, what we're creating here, our bourbon that we're creating here. So anyone who doesn't know, mash bill is basically the... the the, the grain makeup. The grain, right. Yep. Um, and in order for something to be um, bourbon, there's other things, but it, it definitely has to be 51% corn. Correct. Um, Correct. You yep. know, out, there are other parts of that sort of thing. And not that you guys just do bourbon, but just sure. as a fun fact. No, we're definitely brown, brown focused, you know, brown spirit focused for sure. And when you, if I remember right from when we were um, talking before recording mm-hmm. uh, today, someone you met from Moonshine U 
didn't you uh, find a contact or someone to come help you set everything up here? Yeah, that was Tyler. Yeah. So the, okay. Um, that was him who he basically came up here for like 10 days straight. So once we had all the equipment uh, set up, what was functioning. What, what kind of equipment do you have? What this kind is, of still do you have? So this is a pot still, but it's from Corson Distilling Units out in Boise, Idaho. Okay. Um, so it's American-made, handmade. Uh, it's it's a nice system. Um, we uh, uh, it was challenging <laughs> to I, I mean because I mean the boom was happening and it still is of distilleries opening up around the country and so. Yeah. You know, distilling companies, distilling manufacturing would a uh, company would pop up and then it would go out of business. And then it would pop up and go out of business just because you know lack of knowledge and stuff. And so luckily we got one of the so the company that was that we used was around for about five or six years, and they probably made about 120 units. And we got one of those 120 units before they went back out of business. I gotcha. Um, but they did a great job. They it's beautiful. Uh, it functions well, um, and uh, we've we've made do with it. Um, so it's, I, I mean, I've grown to love the equipment, <laughs> the equipment that we have. Yeah. So it was just a process uh, to actually get it. So, cause when you're stressing out and you have a lot of money on the line and yeah. time, t- the main, the main frustration was never, it was never quality. Like the machine is high quality. It was the timeline kept getting yeah. pushed back. And yeah. when you're kind of running under this deadline and you have money on the line personally yeah. and, and, and all that personally stuff. Personally and probably investor money yep. and yep. like all that sort of stuff, people are like, It was hey. a very stressful time. That attributed my blackout stage for that nine months. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's beautiful. It turned out. It's a great. Um, and, uh, oh, gosh, why am I blanking? I know I'm blanking. But... Um, it's it's a pot still, and then each one of these. So we have three columns. Columns. Yes. And then the, the the plates. Yes. What do you, what what, what do yeah. you call those? Yeah, it's the plates. So, um, basically, depending on what we're making. So what we have is a pot still with a f- uh, four plate whiskey column uh-huh. and a two ten plate uh, GNS or vodka columns okay. is basically what it is. Um, so we. Um, we bought this system to basically make whatever we want to make in it. It's a very universal system. So if I want to make rum, I can make rum. If I want to make vodka, I can make vodka. Gin, whiskey, doesn't matter, right? You bought this system unknowing exactly that you were also <laughs> going to make hand sanitizer. Yes, <laughs> true. Um, which, which, I mean, I don't want to spend any time sort of talking about that, but I feel like something that people should also know is that you, High Bank as a company, stepped up mm-hmm. when there wasn't enough hand sanitizer to go around sure. yeah and and really filled that uh, helped i mean not you yeah, weren't the only we one yeah we've um, yeah we weren't were, the only one there's a lot of just almost the, every distillery around the city was doing it for sure right but yeah we, i think we i forget what the exact number is it was over twenty thousand bottles that we ended up you know being able to push out in like two months which is hand sanitizer which is amazing um <laughs> yeah yeah it was good it was it was covid was in general for us was like it was like the, a brand new blackout period. You, you know <laughs> what? Can, COVID, can, a brand new blackout period. It could be a documentary. Yes. Can we, I mean, we can look at time. Yeah. How did that make you grow? Business-wise, oh, yeah. home-wise, Man, how, was, how did that af- COVID, affect you? COVID was, uh, you know, it was it was just good for the business, honestly. In the really? Sense, here, here's the thing. Not in a sales aspect. Yeah, yeah. It was not yeah. great for sales. For discovering who our core people were on staff, for being loyal to our staff members. We didn't fire, we didn't let a single salary person go, you know, on staff. 
I had all of our sales team. I had bar managers. Everybody was back in the distillery making hand sanitizer. You know, like we were flipping business, trying to figure out ways to make money, yeah. keep people employed. It was just a time when I say it was my second blackout period because I felt like I was reopening a business. I never made sanitizer. I figured out in five days how to make sanitizer, you know, and yeah. like to get the first bottle out and start giving it to people, you know, and we didn't make any money on sanitizer. We and, gave most of it away. And I'm, I'm curious only because like I, I vividly remember uh, uh, just full disclosure. I called my, my good friend, Patrick. I've talked about him before. Yeah. Um, when really things started to really ramp up, I called him essentially in the midst of like a panic where I was, I, I remember this vividly. I was at Walmart. I never shop at Walmart and I don't have anything against it. I just don't go there, but it was one of the only places that I felt like I could find anything in the city. You know, you couldn't find toilet paper. You couldn't find. And I remember being like, Oh my gosh, I can't find anything. I, I bought these terrible turkey steaks. Don't don't do that. We have, once the panic Sounds left, terrible. we threw them away. Um, but I'm curious what it felt like to like provide something that everyone really wanted in that mo- like. You felt like a bit of a. I mean, honestly, like I felt like a bit of a first responder. Yeah. In, in an essence, where, I mean, I wasn't on the front lines. Like at a hospital or no, you know, even at a even at a retail shop at a grocery store, you know, or something like that. But I was helping provide for people like a need. Like it felt good. I mean, that's yeah. that's how I was raised. You know, it's like it's just it feels good to help people out. And you know, it's that whole thing. So your last episode, you talked about taking action. Mm-hmm. You know, of like kind of putting your money where your mouth is and not just use words. Yeah. Uh, to talk about what you want to do. Certainly. And it was literally, you know, J- Jordan and I. We're talking, I mean, you know, we were, it's a shock. Like we were having meetings and we were in shock of like, what are, what are we going to do? You know? And it was just day every day. There's a new idea. Like people were coming up with new ideas. We came up with cocktail mixers. We came up with new to go cocktails. I mean, the to go menu, we never had pizzas before, you know, the pandemic and now pizzas are one of our best sellers. I mean, there's this whole progression that happens and not to mention like, what we saw with sanitizer where we were like, okay, we have to charge something, but we're like, but we still need to give it away. Like we, we need to give it to first responders. That's just what's right. When we were the first ones, because we weren't making tanker trucks full of it. Uh, we were one of the first ones to release it to the public for an affordable price. I think we charged $6 for a bottle of hand sanitizer. Mm. Um, and so we, we gave it, Anybody, any first responder, police, you know, police officer, whatever would come, they would get it free. They get two bottles free every They could come every day if they want to get two bottles. Right. But then the public could pay, you know, six dollars and then give donations if they wanted to, you know, on top of that. What we found uh, for a week, almost 10 days solid, we had a line at 11 o'clock every morning when we opened up. Mm-hmm. It was over 100 yards long in front of our wow. in front of our building. And we were asking people, have you ever been in here before? Over 70% of the people that were in that line had never set foot in High Bank before. Mm. They just heard about us because we were making hand sanitizer. And the majority, and I would say 70% of the people that were buying hand sanitizer were also grabbing a bottle of spirit to support us on the way out or grabbing a T-shirt or grabbing a hoodie or something because they knew we were a local business trying to survive. Yeah, That's Our awesome. to-go business went up. And then when we opened up the doors again, you know, two and a half months later, floodgates, man. You talk about them like the best, most organic marketing ever mm-hmm. just because we were so busy after that. And, yeah. I, and I attribute that to like 
pandemic shutdown and people getting to know our brand in a different way and more people getting to know See, us. See, I attribute that to a, a companies get a can sometimes get a bad rap. Mm-hmm. Like it's only like about the dollar. Mm-hmm. But what I actually attribute that to is you guys actually doing the right thing. Yeah. Right? And that sound again, that sounds sort of cheesy, but that that's true. Like you did the right thing. You you I don't know what the dollar count is on each bottle of hand sanitizer, all that sort of stuff. I'm sure you weren't making a bunch of money on no, the we, hand sanitizer. Yeah. No, we didn't make any money on hand sanitizer. But and nor did you go into this. I I have to believe I, you know that you weren't like okay, here's the deal. We're gonna do this incognito sort of marketing thing. Sure. No, not at all. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> we're like we're gonna like get on everybody's good graces. No, you literally were like, look, I have equipment. This is like something that is like the world has literally never not experienced. No in one knew what time. to do. Yeah. Right. So like we're just gonna do what's right yeah. and. I don't know. I just really like that story. Yeah, it was, I mean, because literally we were calling around when we started making it. We're calling fire stations, police stations, hospitals. We're like, hey, do you need hand sanitizer? And the reality is, is Watershed was stepping up in a huge way. Middle West was stepping up in a huge way. They already had contract. Like, they were like, yeah, we, we're getting it from Watershed. We're getting it from Middle West. And we're like, okay, well, we're still going to make it. And that's fine because we weren't asking for money for it. And I don't think, I mean, they were making peanuts on it as well. It's none of the distilleries around here were making money off right. hand sanitizer. Um, with the amount of labor that was going into it and, you know, all that stuff. And so that was, we were just like, we were getting, I'm not even kidding you. Our, our general manager, Jensen, he was on the phone 24 seven just because the phone was ringing off the hook here. People asking if they, if we had hand sanitizer, like off the hook. And so we were like, let's release it to the public because clearly the public's trying to find it. And that was a great move for us to do. So. All right, so we uh, now yep. on our right is gone. <laughs> so First now we off, only have left. I just want to say before we drink this, I'm excited to drink this. That I'm glad we went down that path. Yeah, me to too. To talk about that because yeah. shit, we're gonna have this in textbooks in yeah. five years, yeah. two, ten years, For one real. year, twenty years. Right? Tuck is literally gonna ask you, right, what it was like. Yeah. My son couldn't even freaking flip over. Yeah. At the beginning of this, and now he's walking, talking like yep. I, we taught him. We taught him how to cheers. <laughs> oh yeah, sip, sip, he'll, sip. He'll literally go cheers, and yep. we'll go sip, 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 and he'll do it. He'll drink <laughs> my awesome. bourbon, but to the point where it's not even close to his mouth. But he'll go, mm. that's awesome. And then he'll go mo mo mo. Yeah, <laughs> like with the little sign language. Right. With yes, the, with, with the, the hands together. Language. Yes. So. I'm glad we went down that route. We didn't intend to go down that route. Yeah. Now we have this amazing drink, which was in our left hand, not Zinfandel-based. No. Yeah. Pinot in our yeah. left. Zinfandel, is, what's interesting is Zinfandel is at 16 months. It has a little bit to go. This is Pinot at probably eight and a half months. Hold on. And Before you go into that, yeah. if that still has time to go, sh- damn. That was. Yeah. I'm probably going to let that go until, like, I'm, guess- I'm just guessing August, September is when. So probably another... <sighs> Four months that'll be in the barrel. I will literally. No, you you call me. I'm not even joking. Please. I will help you bottle it. <laughs> Please, we we will help. I'll, I'll, I thing. don't even need a free bottle. I just want to buy a bottle. Taste the Pinot though. So we're at eight months, eight and a half months with the Pinot. Way less. It's the flavor explosion is mm. so different in this Pinot. Yeah. Like that's just. 
and I think this is almost ready. Like Ooh, yeah. I think that the Pinot. I buy it. Yeah. yeah. Like the Pinot's almost ready. There's a little bit of a, a a jamminess to it for me. Oh, I like that. That's a good description. Yeah. Right. There was even, uh, and I I kind of missed that it's not in there as much. There was a uh, fermentation funk that I was oh. tasting um, like like a month and a half ago, where it was this sharp like bite in it of like like basically this like yeasty yeah you know, and it was from the wine barrel like well, I could totally I, totally I, dig, the wine I dig sour beers yeah. so like I'm like ooh yeah. that could be afterwards I we I might have a bottle from when I pulled it like a month and a half ago you all can right. take some so. we wouldn't turn that down no <laughs> not at all this this, this is so, delightful yeah. so the plan is again like a November sort of release yeah so in November like we'll we'll end up probably around you know. I don't know. Like it just kinda coincides holidays, Black Friday ish. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's not gonna be like a Black sense. Friday deal or anything, but like we'll probably release sometime November, maybe late November. Um, but I think we might do them all at the same time. Where we did one like beginning of November, we did the second one beginning of December. I think we might just do like if we have three of them, we might just release all three at a time. People can buy all three if okay, they want. Well, this helps me budget what yeah. what's happening. Yes. <laughs> yes. So and by me, I mean Kimberly, because like <laughs> she's the responsible adult in our relationship. Like I yeah, just be really like whatever, is. I'd yeah. buy it all. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. So here's my question about your bottling. Yes. Um. For those that don't know, there are these two beautiful pistols uh-huh. on the top. Um. You know. Thank the, you. The the story. I was going to work that back in real quick. Mm-hmm. The the story goes back to um essentially like anti saloon league yeah. stuff, right? Which, ironically, happened to be centered in Westerville, Ohio, where Correct. we all where live. all three yep. three of us live, right? Um, tell like tell me about the bottle top. Yeah, like, so sounds like a silly question, but no, like is. you're so in the product design, so I want to exactly. hear this. Exactly. So there's a, there's a story behind every product yeah. that we have. Like literally, I could tell you a story on each product because I'm a brand geek and I like little nuggets and I like people. You know, there's when they want to dive deeper, they can actually get something out of it. So we tell the story on the side of every one of our whiskey war bottles. 1875, a gentleman by the name of Henry Corbin tried to open up a saloon in Westerville, Ohio. When he tried to open up that saloon, there was a ruckus outside. There was a protest outside. Uh, later that night, the day before we were supposed to open it, two barrels of gunpowder went in his, found his way in the saloon, were lit on fire, and blew up his saloon. So he didn't get to open that. Two years later, Henry Corbin was, uh, you know, rebuilt. He was very uh, much determined to try and open he up. He was saloon. not to be deterred. Exactly. Yeah. He may have been one of the first dadass. I don't even. <laughs> yes, he, he may have. You know, he may have. Yeah. So we, uh, so so two years later, uh, 1877, he was getting ready to open up a saloon again. Again, a few days prior to him opening, there was another uh, riot happening outside of his saloon. And so the story goes that Henry Corbin walked out onto his front porch of that saloon, drew both of his pistols, held them in the air, and started firing them off in the air to disperse the crowd. Uh, well... Westerville was also uh, home to one of the largest uh, anti-saloon league printing presses in yeah. the Midwest at that time. I actually think it may have even been the largest. Yes, I think it was the largest. Yeah. And so the story went that uh, a crazed and drunken Henry Corbin started shooting at women, children, puppies, birdies, kitties, every everything under the anything, sun. Anything that makes him sound terrible, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, anything that makes him sound terrible. 
Uh, and that single story and that single act is what said is what is said that ignited the whiskey wars across the country, which is where we get our name of whiskey war, uh, which then led to prohibition. So yes, if you're hearing this, prohibition started in Westerville, yep. Ohio. That is such a great thing that we can claim. <laughs> uh, I am also a resident of Westerville, so I made a cocktail for. Um, it didn't make the it, article. It didn't make the article, but I I actually made a cocktail for our our Westerville uh, magazine um, cover story. Um, named, named after an anti-Semitic League um, woman. <laughs> what's yeah. What's great though about the his, like that story that you shared is the fact that literally two amendments are based off of a small town in the middle of nowhere, yeah. just outside of Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. which is great. Um, I have an abundance of questions, but while we're on the history lesson, yeah. Tell us about why High Bank. Yeah, so the name of High Bank for anyone listening. Yeah, still. So the the plan for High Bank is any, as any business you want to grow it, and so we would love for High Bank at some point to grow outside of Ohio. Um, and we just went to Michigan, you know, for online sales up there. And over the next few years, we'll be outside of Ohio. And so, you know, if we went for some generic name like Columbus Distilling Company, you know, who's going to buy Columbus Distilling Company mm-hmm. in Michigan? No one. No one, right? So um, we also, though, still wanted to hold true to our roots. I'm not from Columbus originally. I'm from Canton, Akron area uh, in Ohio. But I love Columbus. I've now just passed the point where I've been living in Columbus longer than I'm live like lived where I was originally from. You're officially a Columbusite. Exactly. That was just this year. I that happened this year. So I'm gonna pause you. you. (laughs) I'm gonna pause you. I'm empty. You're empty. We have gin. Yes. One, yes. One, one more thing. Gin. Uh, so real quick with this gin. So we, as we just talked about the barrel selects, uh, the first two batches, and then the next two that are coming out after that. Nice. Ah, well done. <laughs> nice. That was sexy. Um, uh, as naturally, these really nice barrels that we have whiskey coming out of for barrel selects, uh, I didn't want them to go to waste. And so I naturally created a barrel select gin program. So as we're emptying these really high-end whiskey wine barrels, we're then putting gin back in them. So you got the first batch. Can I throw out a a um, a marketing idea? Yes. Thank you. Perhaps you can start to release these items Ooh. on oh, Earth smells Earth Day. It's the ultimate reduce, reuse, <laughs> recycle. Yes. <laughs> I'm, or maybe maybe there's like a third thing you can do with them. <laughs> I don't know. If so, yeah, I'm just saying it's that's on recording. A, that's a good idea. Yeah, you know. So here's the thing: like, we're not a gin. Like, we're not the per se gin distillery. Right? Yeah. So so people probably don't know this. A lot of distilleries to start out, if they, uh, I don't know. Did you guys set out to to make whiskey? Yes, we're more of a brown spirits focus. Okay, so but the thing is, is that people, what people don't understand is that in order to make those those spirits, they need to age. Yes, because everything starts clear right before it turns brown. Um, 
you know, you got to have, it's still a business. You have to have some income. And so a lot of places turn to things like whiskey or I'm sorry, not whiskey, um, gin, rum, vodka, vodka. Yeah. Cause they don't essentially don't have to. Right. And that's where whiskey war came into play too. Whiskey war is a blend. Like we talked, we were talking about that offline a little bit and we're very open about that. Yeah. Whiskey war is a blend. We source food. I got no bills. problem with blends totally. as long as we're honest about where it comes from. Absolutely. And if so you tell me that this has been like in a barrel since like, 1843 <laughs> i'm like but you didn't like start until like 2020 yeah. then i got an issue right but like you know totally I got- and and the reason for that though is because i'm a whiskey nut as you as you are and so our bourbon's only at two and a half years it's not ready yet like yeah. I, d- I it's gonna be three and a half four years before we release our bourbon so that's why we came out with whiskey war because i don't want to release a young bourbon that we make in-house so this bur- this gin that we're about to oh, taste here gosh. so what is amazing yeah. doesn't it yeah so the thing that's so pleasant about this gin this has aged almost two years in a used whiskey war barrel and so the mm. oils that you get from the wood and the flavor from the whiskey are in this gin and it's to me again it all goes back to this like mouthfeel the viscosity the oiliness of it this drinks more like it has the flavor of a gin, but it drinks more like a whiskey because you have that smoothness that goes with it. It's, oh. I don't know if I'm far off or drunk. I don't know. It smells like a Seven Up. Yeah, Sprite. I Everybody it. goes to Sprite. It's, okay, so yeah, here, the nose on it's like a Sprite. Okay, yeah. So if you've never had your guys's um, gin, yeah, um, it. Oh, I, there was a, a beautiful term coined by. Um, someone else a bartender that my wife and i met she called it her maintenance gin yeah. and what and what it, it's not a bad thing it, it literally just means like her like go-to yeah um you're so in our house um you're one of our maintenance gins nice um because it's solid it tastes good it goes to but there's it's a affordable yeah it's, a, it's affordable yeah right for sure um there's a heavy in my palate a heavy grapefruit note yes okay um, for those that don't know this, and that's the way it tastes for me, I immediately catch a lot of like oranges, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of so so like we vanilla. Have a, we like, have a somewhat of a classic gin recipe that we dial back, and we finish strongly with a blood orange. And so okay. those orange notes that you're talking about, that's exactly what it is. And so I, when you're talking about Seven Up and Sprite, yeah, on the nose, that's what you get. Like yeah. that's that's very accurate. And and. Mm. Not being as educated as either of you, I cannot do gin mm-hmm. due to how cheap of gin and how drunk of nights in college. Yes, that's I had. story. And yeah. I had not tried your gin until I came and and we talked and met prior to this. Unlike any other gin, yeah. Like I could do this on a hot ass summer day. Over ice. You put you pour our classic state house gin, state house gin, in a cup. So you take your dad ass mug that you guys just gave me, which I appreciate. You fill that, that thing to the brim. Hands. You yeah, fill that, that to the does. brim with ice. Fill it to the brim. Then fill it to brim with gin, and then take it out of the grill. And I'm in. Sip it yeah. and drink it. Yeah, it's such a great summertime drink. Maybe take a lime wedge and throw that what, in there. Which I'm gonna point out something. <laughs> I don't necessarily personally believe this, but historically speaking, gin's not something you sip. 
Jin right. something. <laughs> I could, I could you sip just, this though. But, yeah. but right, has like, the warmth historically, the like you you don't sip gin. You you add it to something else. Yeah. You make a gin and tonic. Yeah. Right. Like gin. And and for anyone else who doesn't know, gin, for all intents and purposes, Ooh. is really just artfully crafted. Vodka. Well, see, it's, it's vodka tea. Is yeah, how we describe that's it. all it is. Yes. And, and I just took another sip while you were talking about that, and all I got was an orange. Yeah. But I didn't get that the other time since. Yeah. I, I catch it. orange creamsicle. That's yeah. what I'm hitting yeah. all day long. But, and, but when and I especially hit, when it's been in the barrel, like so, mm. this is batch two. This is not out yet. This is coming out next month. We have 318 bottles of these. That's what we have. No, you Three, have 316. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two of them are reserved. It comes out next month, yeah. right? Because we're on no snacks to April right yeah. now. I'm not allowed to buy any more alcohol that I we will, don't own. If it, if it coincides, it I'll me? buy it. We have a layaway program. It's fine. Cool. <laughs> like, yeah, every, I, I'm every not sniff has a different scent to it, which makes it all that more enticing to the fact that. You need to go drink the gin, or you can have more back there. But that batch one is like so, so interesting. Yeah, my my sort of personal stance on this is if you're drinking a spirit that you can't explore, you shouldn't be drinking yeah, it. Yeah, totally. I right? agree with I'm that. not saying you have to explore everything, but if you can't just put it in a glass and enjoy it for what it is, yeah. then then you don't need to be certainly that that that's just my per- yeah. This is if from you're drinking, drinks with dude. If you're just drinking to drink, that's it's like to me. There's it's like you might as well drink something that's good. Yeah. That even if you're drinking to drink, that you can drink it and be like, oh, that's like that's pleasant, or that's yeah. like really nice, or yeah. I like I like that about it. You know, yeah. you're not just I, shooting back shots. And and what I what I'd like to point out, and and just full disclosure, there is no paid advertisement. We're literally just having a conversation, right? Yeah, none of that. Is happening, um, but like you don't, it, you should be able to enjoy that experience. You don't have to, but if you can't enjoy that experience, then you're not drinking something of quality. Correct. That yeah. that's it. Correct. Plain, pure, and simple. I just want yeah. to note for anyone that's not like here because they just no one is. The lights off on us. <laughs> the lights went down as a major point. Like it really brought home the point that you were making. Yeah, I felt like really powerful. It was like just boom, <laughs> point made. Point made. So let me ask you this question, right? We've yeah. we went just deep into your background. To being a dad of three girls, uh, they felt bad. They turned it back. Ooh, it's it's <laughs> kind of intimate. Is here. It's really it's, our spots. Oh, they're turning our spots. Hey, back hey, 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 hey! Look at them. Get your hand off my knee. knee. I'm sorry. I thought it was my knee. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> here, here, here's where I'm at. Right. We've been. We spent some a good deal talking about the craft, the love, the support that goes into this, and I love the the crap out of a craft. Liquor, any spirit, right? And as a non-cocktail drinker, until we started tag teaming this, my whole like view has changed, right? Yeah. So we've talked about the 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 art, the passion, everything behind this. I want to bring this full circle to what mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. Yeah, we're gonna have to wrap this up. 
This might be a two-episode split. Oh, this That's is, is going to be. I was waiting for the car ride home yeah. to talk about two episodes, right? The time, the detail, everything you put in here, I cannot, def- you cannot, we cannot deny is a representation of you as a dad. Yeah. That if you're going to put this much love and care into your spirit, you're going to put back into each of your daughters. Yeah. And so I want to rapid fire question this, but I want to bring this back to one more final question, but I don't know quite what that final question should be, but each of these spirits that you've come up with, the things that we've tasted that aren't out yet, the things that we've tasted that are out, I think reflect you as a dad. I want to leave it at that. Before we rapid fire question anything, as a dad now, how do you respond to that? I just think so. In in anything that I so, I always say my priority lies in my faith, my family, and then my job in that order, mm-hmm. right? All and I try to emphasize all three are very important to me. Mm-hmm. So, friendships are very important to me. I have an amazing like friendship group and some that I would actually then consider in the family group, right? And more important than my job. Like us. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Best friends. I like it. Um, and we're the best three friends <laughs> you'll ever have. <laughs> but it, again, I think it goes back to, you know, uh, just how I was raised. Um, even in, even in a family that was divorced, I was loved greatly, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, by both my mom and my dad. Um, my first job right out of school, I worked at a church. I worked at Vineyard Columbus here in Westville, Ohio for six years. So I was a graphic designer that then turned creative director, uh, in like within the communications department and the people that I, that I, that I witnessed there for six years, um, examples, right. And nobody's perfect. Church is made up of humans. It's, it's not, uh, in an amazing environment, you know, at all the times by any means, but there's a lot of great examples of like fathers that I could see of like, that's when I, cause I didn't have kids at that point. I was like, when I have kids, that's the type of dad that I want to be, mm-hmm. you know, like taking from my own dad's experience, seeing how these other, these other guys were loving their wives well and you know, all this different stuff. And so it just kind of goes back into like, this is something that is the biggest priority in my life. And my family will always, and I, and I promised my wife, like even there's going to be, we talk about when there's going to be a busy time at high bank and there's going to be a busy time with states of design at the same time. Yeah. Cause that means that I'm going to go into one of my periods where she is going to be pulling a lot of weight around the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be working a lot and we talk about, is it worth it? Here's the amount of money that I can make from, you know, X, Y, and Z from the design business, from this project that's coming in there. But that, but that means I'm waking up at four and I'm not going to be going to bed until midnight and I'm going to have zero energy and like, I'm, you're going to have to be taking up a lot of this slack and we have a conversation before I accept something like that, you know? And so it's just, it's, it's the communication aspects and nothing's perfect. Like my wife and I, we (laughs) jokingly, right? Air quotes. We don't know if our marriage could last a fourth kid. <laughs> like <laughs> if we had four, right? Because it's like yeah. it's this whole thing of like kids are hard, man. Yeah. Like they're they, not easy. And they don't come with an instruction manual. No. <laughs> it's like 
you can childproof the house all you want, right? But they keep finding their way back in. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you're like, man, <laughs> yes. yep. I literally, I scoured Reddit. <laughs> And I did not see you hurting so yourself on this. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they, you know, it's this, it's this whole thing where uh, we feel really well right now, really yeah. balanced. And, and my wife and I just went away for our 10-year anniversary. Hell yeah. Congratulations. And appreciate I, it. Yeah. Uh, we got to stop you there. Congratulations. Thank that's, you. That's freaking I'm, awesome. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I really appreciate that. So, like, but that was also the first time that we've been away for more than a night without our children in the oh, last six years, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so we, we, we will do nights away. We'll go to downtown. We'll go. We'll, typically grandparents will come in for a night. We'll go downtown. We'll get a hotel, hang out. We'll do that once or twice a year. This was the first time we went away for four days, like with no kids. And it was amazing. Yeah. We're just like, okay, this is a yearly thing. Yeah. That we have to well, do could now. you sleep the whole night? Oh yeah. <laughs> one of the things I've that, often wondered that cause yeah. I can't like the one, the couple of nights I've been away from tuck. Yeah. I still freaking wake up. Yeah. One of the things we've always talked about is is before you can be a parent, you have to be a human. Yeah. And yeah. and and you know, like before your child came into existence, they came into existence because you are a human. Yeah. Like, right? Like Yeah. So that makes a lot of Yeah. A lot Certainly. you know, if I had to sort of like wrap all of this up into like a pretty bow, which we've had wonderful conversation. I keep coming back to sort of this idea of balance and the idea of like priority for you is balancing. It is. You know, and I family it's balancing work. It's balancing yeah. your it, it, things that bring you joy, but also like, you know, we can't be just like self-serving people like, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm kind of speaking for you. I don't mean to, but like this whole idea of like, I, design brings me joy. I love yeah. doing those sorts of things, but I also need to have balance in like what, how that impacts my, my partner, my For spouse, sure. like those sorts of things. And so thinking about like when you agree to, to engage in a sort of relationship, whether that's with children, without children, we have to focus on balance because I'm thinking about those nights that you spent or days that you spent, you know, like 12 to four, you got four hours of sleep yeah. and you eventually said like, I need to, to balance this. Yeah. Um, and it, my, a big thing though, off that too is boundaries. Yeah. And so Certainly. again, I think prioritizing like faith, family job. And then again, job being third doesn't mean it's not important. It's in my top three priorities, which means it's extremely important. Work yeah. is extremely important for me in life. Value, you know, it adds value to my yeah. life and gives me motivation in my life. But in a prioritized level, it falls underneath my family. And so yeah. there has been hard conversations with my business partners of when we're doing meetings, when we're doing touch bases, when we're doing all this stuff and me saying no, no, no. You know, because if they don't have the same priorities and boundaries as I have, they're going to creep into, you know, the six o'clock. We're going to let's meet at six o'clock for happy hour. No. I can't. And, and that's know? not to play. There's a, you can have boundaries without placing judgment or value for you. This is what's important to me. Yeah. And I think sticking to those sort of boundaries and values and saying, nope, yeah. after but whatever that time is, you've set five o'clock, six o'clock, whatever. I, we're yeah. done. I won't miss bedtime. And I don't ever Certainly. even do this. I won't miss bedtime more than once a month. I will not. 
mm-hmm. more than once a month, I will not miss bedtime. The reality is I probably miss bedtime like four times a year. That's it. You and know, I like, have l- a, a truly so much respect for you that you were like, listen, we're going to record later because this yeah. is what's important I, to me. I feel cheated when I can't put Tuck to bed. Yeah. I know that's like, the whole thing. It's not a matter of like I need to help. I mean, I want to help my wife out, all that stuff. It's like, no, I want this is like. This is my thing. Like yeah. these are what these little these humans, these little three little girls that like bring are bring me joy. Like, yeah, like this is what I want to do. There, there are times, and and we only have one kid, and we're we're in, we're talking about timeline and everything for a second, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure reminds you of not too you know too long ago. Tuck, a boy. I'm a dad. He he likes me right yeah. now. Yeah. A lot better than Heather in a lot of ways. I don't mean that to brag. That's just truth, and we've talked about that. But there are times that when I put him to bed, I have a little, like, snuggle buddy. I have someone that wants to hug and kiss me goodnight. And there are nights where he gives her a wave, maybe. Yeah. I don't want to be cheated of that because yeah. I might not have that. Next yeah, week, it's gonna, it's tomorrow. Gonna well, yeah, I don't mean to sound doomsday. What we know about sort of growing is that that time will end. Certainly, yeah, sure. And so you know, like take advantage of that while you can. So I think the thing that we need to sort so that's that's sexy. <laughs> yeah, I I love it. I, I think that's a great sound. Don't you ever apologize for that <laughs> no. noise. But, like, that's that's the epitome of what our message is, right? You can be as successful as as you are or any other guest that we we have had or not had. I would rather be a more successful parent. 100%. And, and, and partner than anything else. Yeah. And that's that at, at at the bottom line of our mission as a podcast yeah. is to highlight what a, a, a local business can do and succeed, but what a true partner and parent can can succeed at. Yeah. And that is why we're so honored to have you for probably two episodes. Oh, yeah. This is <laughs> definitely a two-episode sort of situation. Um, but also to the fact, though, that the way you take your craft and your art and your gift and I think also indirectly or directly apply it to the way that you are a partner and parent, it is known. And for anyone listening that doesn't know that, buy a bottle and you will know that. Yeah. Or listen to this episode's... <laughs> yeah. There's a plural here. And and you'll learn that because I didn't know that until I met you. And I didn't know that until I think we started pouring bottles and started recording. Yeah. I I appreciate that. um, when When you buy a bottle of anything, you're buying a story. And I think what I hope tonight people understand is that, um, there's a definitive story behind each and every piece that comes like it was thought out it was there was compromise there was all sorts of things 
and I, I, I'm not, I, I collect plenty of bottles from plenty of big people. I, I, I don't want anyone to think I'm like sort of speaking poorly of larger distributors, but, um, the thing I want you to understand is that, that, you know, this was intentional. This was thought out and there was compromise and there was, there's story behind every single yeah. drop that goes into it. Um, and I want people to understand that because that's that's the most important piece because kind of going back to like why I created a a speakeasy in my basement behind a a bookshelf is that like or a segment of a podcast yeah it's community right? and conversation yeah, yeah. yeah. is that like it, it's easy to dismiss it as like spirits yeah but there there's a lot more that goes into this yeah and if you allow yourself to sort of engage in that, whether that's what it tastes like or imagining what that that story is or hopefully listening to what that story is, you know, you can have a better appreciation and understanding. So, you know, if people want to hear a little bit more stories about stuff, where do they need to go, Matt? Where, for us or for him? <laughs> what? I was I mean, going gonna... to tee it off. Where, where, where could they find yeah. your story? Highbankco.com. And um, if they want to find you on any other platform or anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, so Instagram is highbankco underscore um, for Instagram or highbank distillery. Uh, on Instagram, we have kind of two separate accounts. One focuses more on restaurant. The other is more on distillery. Yeah, but I mean, really, I just direct people to highbankco.com because that's kind of the gateway to everything else. We're about and to... You can you can choose your own adventure. Yeah, you could. We're I, I I would love people to get onto our YouTube channel a little more. All right. Uh, where you've invested a lot of fun and creativity <laughs> into All right. that. We had probably the best uh, over Christmas. We did the 12 days of Christmas for High Bank. All right. It was these uh, little 45-second segments. And if you haven't watched nice. them, they're worth just going back and watching all 12 uh, in a row because it takes 10 minutes. I'm I have never, not. I'm going to do it. I'm never on YouTube. Yeah. I sure shit will be. The Or you can go on our Instagram. You can go on Instagram and go back to December yeah. and see all 12 of them because right. they Hell were like yeah. IG videos. Oh, they're so fun. If you want to see me making a fool out of myself. All right. Uh, we like Tom You know what? I do. I want to yes. see you making a fool. You should. I do. Yeah. It'll only take 10 minutes to watch all 12 episodes. Done. But we're, we're about ready to launch a, a, a new uh, YouTube series, which is going to be pretty full, pretty fun, too, this That's, Friday. That's right. awesome. So. And we want to thank you wherever and however you're listening for um, just taking time out of your day to, to listen to our, our, our little podcast. Please be sure to uh, give us a little bit of love by, you know, a little bit of a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or a review. And uh, most importantly, we want to engage with you on any of our social media platforms or email us at thedadasspodcast at gmail.com. But really, um, until next time, drink strong, dadass.